This is my top five games today on. I'm not doing it. It's good because it's, mm-hmm. it's a dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. a dead joke, Walsh. <laughs> For fuck's sakes, we must move it's on. A dead... Okay, you relationships have so? lasted <laughs> shorter periods than this joke. The joke is so old; it's retro. Oh, see, that's why we got to keep this going. No. Keep... Yeah, man, I got requests to do that in other people's streams. Okay? Bullshit! Who who requested I, that? I want names. I was... Look, I was playing Valheim <laughs> with with Blitzbrom and his friends, and then Sinistar was in there, my twin, me twin. Right. And and he's like, I need some mouth sounds, so I had to do it. Is this like the battle cry of the streaming generation? It, it is now. Fuck. Oh, I'm, fuck, yeah. Time to move care. over to, oh, fuck, what's left? Caffeine? <laughs> D-Live? Yeah. I don't know what that is, but sure, <laughs> let's do that. I know what caffeine is, but... Like a mixer's dead, so there's there's a little competition left. Anyway. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we just start streaming on Discord from now on. <laughs> Less ads. But anyways, today we're going to talk about my favorite games. And God damn it, Jake, making me choose hurts. All right. So this is going to be my favorite games for tonight because I, I don't like putting things on like one over the other. I can't do it. So these are five games that I really, really care about. They're ones that I want to play again. Actually, no. One of them I won't, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only fair because we did my top five a couple episodes back. So, and hey, Google and CO love top lists. So let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So today we're going to do Pulse's top five for today. Um the list will change depending on the day of the week. That's one thing. Uh, yeah. What I've eaten today. Uh, have I have I drank a lot of water? Things like that. Well, okay. So we're, so what if you have like your famous barley hamburgers? You are in the mood for what JRPGs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If 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 anything's going to put me in the mood for JRPG, it's going to be a beef and barley burger. Something that really slows down those bowel movements. Oh, yeah. Makes them really good. But no, that's we've already had that discussion. Okay. <laughs> that's right. You're right. Can't rehash. April Fool's. Oh, no. Uh, save this. Save this. Okay. Right on. Okay. So I'm going to go with the guilty pleasure right off the bat. I want to get this out because I'm not proud of it. I'm not playing it anymore. It's not Warframe. Although that is... Not a, no, that's not a guilty pleasure. I didn't like it that much. It, uh, don't tell if me. If I was playing it, no. If it, you, go you ahead. Can, I I know what you're gonna say. Say it. <sighs> Mega Man Soccer. What? Mega no, Man I just fuck. I just fuck up with you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Jake knows what's coming. Say it, Jake. Just World say of it. Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I I want to say like it's it was a it was a good thing for me. When I played it, I came into probably 
like Burning Crusade was probably newish, and Wrath of the Lich King wasn't out or it was about to be out, something like that. Um, it was just something I needed in my life at the time. <laughs> so I, I played a lot of it. Um, my old man passed away and that was kind of like my, my grieving mechanism. You know, I didn't okay. realize how, how addicted I was to the damn thing. Cause I mean, the, it's, it's like the, the computer version of a Skinner box. It just knows how to, they know how to keep you hooked. They got it. Blizzard has nailed it oh, when yeah. it comes to just, you know, giving you that little dopamine hit. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of like this thing, you know, I had like old man was gone and, you know, just trying to come to terms with it. It was the first time I ever lost anybody in my family. So I was like, okay, I didn't know how to handle it. And so it was just like, shut off your brain. And right. that's, that's exactly what wow was. And, uh, so it was great. Um, I'd get up and just play wow and, you know, go back to sleep. It was just, you know, the stereotype, you know, in the basement, never leaving, and as as shitty as that is, it was something I needed at the time, so it was great. Made a lot of friends online. This was when I first started playing PC games with people besides um, like StarCraft on, you know, like modem. <laughs> you know, Dad, can I play StarCraft for, you know, like an hour or something? Or it's like, can I play a game up with my friend online for an hour? So you'd have to take up the phone line so nobody could call. Um we had to make sure to, because we didn't have a second phone line because that would cost a lot of money. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Um, no, it was just something I really liked the story itself, like the gameplay itself. It really hooked me at first. I don't care for it now. Like I played the latest expansion and it plays exactly like the original that I've played. So, right gameplay it hasn't changed it hasn't really evolved they put in a few new mechanics here and there things change they balance this they nerf this you know boost that it it's all in all it's the same thing but i like it for the story and that's that's the biggest thing for me is the actual story behind it all the lore in something that's been going this long for an mmo that's been going this long you know it's uh we were talking with Dave about Valheim and you have that emergent narrative, you know, as you're playing, you have all these, the gameplay is kind of simple. The story is kind of fill in the blanks, you know, it's more what you experience as opposed to what they make you experience. And that's what it was for me for a lot of things, not necessarily in the game, but just like the social aspect and things like that. So it's just, it was something new that I never really had before and, you know, meeting fellow nerds on the same kind of scale too. You find a good guild, you're having fun with that. It was kind of neat. So, yeah. And so I don't want to bash it. Cause I actually, I had my wow phase too. I swear. <laughs> I think we all have at some point, but uh, <laughs> yeah. for me, it was also the social aspect. I lost touch with a, a few friends from high school after I moved on my own, had a rough patch. And when that came out, when that first trailer hit with the dwarf, with the gun, like, I, you know, I was a huge blizzard fan back then and their cinematics yeah. and their lore like you said are a big part of that so i was all over yeah. that game and there was a real social aspect to with friends but also meeting new people online much like yourself and it, i was into it i got into it very deep for a number of years but it's weird now like multiplayer games like that have changed a lot in terms of i right. feel like the social side of it now if i play an online game like that like uh, elder scrolls online or you know or Warframe, I guess, or Final Fantasy 14 yeah. is a good one. I don't 
want to join a guild. I don't need that time commitment. Right. Yeah. Right. I'd rather play with somebody who I'm more familiar with, like you guys. Like I, I talk to you guys online daily. I think at this point, <laughs> but oh, like yeah. I'm friends with you guys. I'd rather play with friends than try and be social with strangers in MMOs. But ten years ago, totally different. I was fine with that that aspect. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's and that's what it was. Like I was playing shadowlands the latest expansion with friends and that was the that was the only time i was doing any like dungeons or like the lfr looking for raid you know or it's basically just queue up for a raid and it's a whole lot more easy you right. know so it's kind of just pick up and go i wouldn't do any of that because i like the player base gets so toxic oh yeah with you know people playing in pvp i get it and stuff like that they're a lot more hardcore but this was like you know some guys just talking trash about you <laughs> and i'm just like i just want to play this game and have fun i don't want to be berated for not knowing the mechanics for something the first time i've been there so like the player base is probably what threw me away from it uh back in legion when i was playing it the most right. because i was playing with friends that's that was me with real life friends like five of us five or six of us at a time and so that was really good because it was a social aspect but for with actual friends not just online ones so it, it felt like something more but uh it, it was great but i just can't go back to it like it was more of a a life experience that i can look back on fondly for the most part yeah until i real until i type in like slash played or whatever it is and find out how much time <laughs> find I actually how old your character is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh no it, it's cool i i keep on threatening to start reading the books because i love the lore i just have no interest in playing the game anymore so the books are a decent i i can't remember the series i read but i did read a trilogy of books one of the earlier ones and i like it i'm a, I'm a sucker for fantasy lore and yeah blizzard honestly made amazing worlds starcraft you know uh, world of warcraft like great stuff diablo i love all that stuff they just yeah. it's just things have changed with mmos yeah it's it's a different beast and like it's an aging like i don't want to say business model it's like an aging experience you know so you need something different because if you play one mmo you pay them all it feels like yeah you, know, you go up and they have the auto attack and then you just have the global cooldowns on all your attacks and stuff like that so and you have classes, and there's always a tank, there's always a healer, there's always DPS, DPS, ranged, or melee. So this one, like, I never got into another MMO because one time sync was enough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, The only one that felt different to me was uh, Elder Scrolls Online, right? When it launched, mm -hmm. it was rough. But the state it's in now, the combat is more action-oriented. It feels less like the auto-attack of classic MMOs. But right. even then, when you when you sit down and play it for enough, you still see the familiar like systems at work of mob spawning, yeah. you know, camping, dungeon. Like it, it's still that genre has not aged well, I think, for anybody. But you know, I get it. I, World of Warcraft nostalgia for sure. Like, how far are we yeah. from saying this is retro at this point? Like, we're almost. Oh there. yeah, I mean, yeah, some. Like it playing what is it, 2004 when it actually came out. So, I mean, yeah, that's almost old enough to buy its own smokes. That qualifies as retro for me. It's that angsty uh, teenager <laughs> face now, it's almost there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's it's something 
again, I look back on it. So this is one of those things. I love the, uh, like how iconic a lot of things are. The death Knights are my, my class. Yeah. That's I, anything to do with death Knights is cool. If I could do like a cosplay out of nowhere, it would be like the starting zone, like the starting gear for a death Knight Cause I just always love that. That's what I'd run around in, in the game is the starting gear. Cause I just loved it. Did, did they end up doing <laughs> other hero classes? Cause that was a special class. I remember that came out. That's yeah. what hooked me to come back for a bit was death Knights and they're opening. Yeah area was a great the story i think it was well done yeah i've done that that opening thing so many times because i'm just like i just want to stick with a bit death knight so i'll start a new one play with friends on a yeah. different server and i'm like okay start it over i almost have it like memorized like the quest order at this point so um but yeah no they have a uh, demon hunters is another one that they put oh, okay. out with legion, right. yeah so. that was legion right right so that one was pretty cool, but uh, it wasn't for me. So it's not it's not a death night. <laughs> it, it is so, fun, uh, though. Like you said, you go back to it and you just still pick the same class, even though you've done it before, because that was always supposed to be the appeal of these games where you can play the different races, different starting areas. But I was the same every single time I'd make a new character. I'd come back after years. It'd be a night elf, usually a druid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'd go through the whole opening thing again. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like I liked I I used to play as a priest back in like lich king when i was playing it after you know my old man and all that so that was cool and i played it but i wasn't even healing i was just playing it i didn't realize it so i leveled holy which was insanely long right yeah (laughs) and i was like i never healed a dungeon basically until i was like a couple months into being end game so i was just you know farting around um but i I switched to Death Knight in Legion when I started playing with friends because they were like, oh, you want a tank? I was like, no. He's like, no, man, it's easy. <laughs> trust me. And I tried it and I was like, this is fun because instant queue and all that. So, But no, the stories are great. I just, no interest in games. So yeah, I'm going to go for the books next. So this one, yeah, we could talk about this one in a whole new episode. Oh, yeah. I think we should eventually actually. But uh, just not today. I, I got I got four other games to talk about. Yeah, I have a whole wide experience with MMOs, so we'll we'll table that for another episode. There you go. Okay, so next one, I'm gonna go step it back a little bit. So this one actually is retro. This one, I'm gonna go with Breath of Fire for SNES. Breath of Fire. That's the Capcom JRPG, right? Yeah, Capcom uh, made it. But Squaresoft published it, I think, is how it worked. Okay. But the way it plays compared to the second one, I really think that Squaresoft had a lot more to do with it than than uh, Capcom because the second one is a lot more janky, really poorly translated. It's got great art and stuff, but it's just it was so rough. And this one plays like a Final Fantasy game. It, it's got it's got a lot more action themes the music and stuff it's just the way it works it, it it's a square game as far as i'm concerned if it's not it is to me um so i never played breath of breath of fire so what kind of hooked you on this one was the story really good i like the story well first off i mean i read the magazine at the magazine the manual before i play any game when i was renting games that's that's what you do on the way home right yeah uh there's a walkthrough for like uh, it's got to be like three quarters of the game in the manual itself or oh, something. Oh, it was a thick manual Ridiculous. Then. Yeah, oh, so well, I love it was those. thick. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, you know, it was one of those games where like I'm only like a three minute drive away from the rental place. That's that's what it was. So 
this one, I didn't even have the manual read. And I was like, oh, man, my, okay. But uh, I started playing with my my brother. I got two older brothers, and I was playing this one with my middle brother, who it was we didn't get along. You know, he was always a dick to me. He was always, like, the bully and stuff like that, and I was the shitty, like, little annoying little brother. So, you know, we were destined not to get along that well. But this is one we sat down and played with, and uh, it was just neat to play because he was kind of, like, in awe of it. I was a little young for it. Uh, compared to him because he's almost 10 years older and so he was just kind of like oh man this this is really cool oh oh uh. so i just again it was kind of like playing final fantasy 4 for the first time or 2 on super nintendo right um i got to see my brothers and they were their excitement is what got me excited over it and that's kind of what happened with breath of fire you play as a character that gets to turn into dragons so i mean that's badass yeah that <laughs> you know? sounds pretty interesting you're you got long hair you got long blue hair you turn into a dragon there's a girl that's basically an angel she's walking around with wings and she turns into a bird and fly like that's your airship you fly as her oh. <laughs> um there's this giant ox literally named ox who has a giant hammer and stuff like that the, the characters were real like i'm used to final fantasy games at this point i played the hell out of four. I played mystic quest. This was probably like the next one I got into and they had all these characters. They weren't all human. They weren't all basically, they weren't all Caucasian humans too. <laughs> well, so that's great because like uh, most, like you said, final fantasy games, it's yet another Sid or, you know, another character like that, yeah. another dragoon. Okay. There's a lot of similarities between the characters. And it's very bland. And like, and there's always like a few standout characters, but it, you're right. There's, there's never other races, which is really interesting. Right. And that's what I liked about this, because you got a human that turns into a dragon, the girl that turns into birds, you know, the whole town of people that turn into birds, like they're no royalty and stuff. They have a fish dude who's like this greedy salesman, you know, and you can actually act as the salesman in a stop in a shop in this game. That's what <laughs> one of the things that hooked me. I thought that was so cool. You could be the shopkeeper and people would run to you and try to sell their stuff. You could like weird. barter with them a little bit. It was is so weird, but you could get some cool items from it. So I'd stand there for like an hour on end just trying to sell crap and buy crap. Um you had Bo who was a guy that was like, they talked to him like he was just human, but he was like a wolf. Like he was almost like a werewolf, but he was just a wolf, wolf man. Okay. And he's an archer. So I thought that was that was really cool. Um, who else is? There's a mole that digs through stuff. He's a little tiny dude. He wasn't all that great to me, but I thought, like, it was just something different. And then you have this, like, snake lady, this Lamia, this Lamia, whatever you want to call it, Blue, who's, like, the powerhouse mage. And she's, like, you know, centuries old and, you know, smoking hot kind of deal. So. <laughs> well, I was going to have at least one of those, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's, there's at least, right? So it, they have all these characters, and there's just so much character behind all of them. There's this thief, which is one thing I really liked is the fact that the thief would fuse with other characters. So you basically have everybody but one or two characters you could play as because they would all meld into one. And that was another thing that I just thought was so cool. So there was a lot of things in this that I never saw in a final fantasy game. And so it was something different that I, I really enjoyed. Again, the fact that there were these fantasy creatures and a lot of them weren't really treated any different than the rest of the humans in the game. So I thought that was really cool. They just, it's this 
world where it's established. It's not like Lord of the Rings, you know, where hobbits can be likened to, you know, stoners and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, you can, you can you draw all these parallels and stuff like that. But these ones, it was just like everybody's human. And that was it. Even though this guy's a fish, this guy's a wolf, this guy's an ox. So... I just thought that was really neat. The music is great. The battle system is a little bit different than a Final Fantasy game, but it's very simplified and it's straightforward. And that's what I liked. It was really easy to pick up. Um, there's just a bunch of little things that really added up for me. The art style, especially, was really fun. So, how long is this one? Is it like Final Fantasy, like sixty hours type of deal? Look, I'm not remembering now because it's been so long since I beat it, but I don't have the clock. I don't have the clock anymore. Right. Like uh later games, like final fantasy seven and on where they always have the timer show you how long you've actually been playing. Right. This one, I never really noticed. It could have been 30 hours. It could have been 60. It could have been 90 for all I know, yeah, but it, it never really felt long. It always felt like I, I was looking forward to the next section and the next section. It was the way the story went. It just felt good to me. Yeah. I, I always feel like for me in Breath of the Wild, I was always in the fence of like, I always wanted to play it. I just never had an opportunity to. And now it's been like, you know, decades. And every time I want to go back to a JRPG, it ends up being Chrono Trigger, mostly because of the length, right? I know I, know I like yeah. it, but you got me wanting to look into this one because it does sound very cool and different, which is rare in some rpgs like a lot of them feel the same yeah i mean there's things you can do too like i know the uh, the grind can be insane right in this one you can use like marble threes i think it is it's one of those ones where they always have the words shortened down and it looks like it says marble maybe it's like mirror ball you know there's right you always kind of wonder but uh like t-bolt instead of thunderbolt and stuff like that uh <laughs> The second one actually got ridiculous with them. It got confusing as hell. So I was just, you know, okay. But um, you can use the marble threes to avoid random encounters. So if you want to, if you just want to grind in a heavy zone, get a few levels, you can do that. And then screw it. Use the marble threes and go on through the rest of it. Like, you know, just save yourself the effort. Um, it's, it's just little things like that that make it more satisfying for me it makes it a little bit more streamlined the uh, people will complain about any rpg jrpg and it was a turn-based one about the encounter rate is always insane it's always worse than you remember yeah but i think it's just i think that's just the way we're aging well that was <laughs> the genre we got it so much then, right three steps you had a yeah. fight and you're right nowadays i i can't stand it <laughs> but back yeah, then it's so. it fine yeah exactly so it's it's just something I really got to enjoy. I played the second one and I barely beat it. It was tough. It was long. It was really, really, really grindy. The second one I wouldn't suggest to everyone. Just people who want to try it. That's that's who I'd suggest. If they're already on the fence, I'd say yeah, give it a shot. Otherwise, no. All but right. uh, like, there's a bunch of these games, and this is the one that stands out for me. And it's nothing like the other ones. Like I played the third one for a bit on PlayStation. I didn't care. I, and I never got to play anything after that. There's like five or six of them. And was there that many? I didn't realize it was that long, the series. I know it jumped to 3D with the PlayStation, but I yeah, that so long. they jumped to the 3D in PlayStation with three. And then there's a fourth one. And I think the fifth one, I don't know if it's Dragon Quarter or if it's just uh, Breath of Fire 5. I can't remember. I think it's five. 
but Dragon Quarter is another one, and I I don't know anything about that. So okay, but yeah, there's something about this one that just it stood out. It felt different than the rest of them. The rest of them really felt a lot more, um, I guess, Japanese. There's a little bit more like they're a little bit more heavy on the anime side of it. It's just it's just the way it it plays and the way the art direction's gone. It doesn't hit me the same way. So this one really stood out because it stands stands apart than the rest from the rest. All right. Cool choice. Yeah. So this one I had to leave right for the middle. This is going to be my third choice. This is one that I actually didn't care about. I didn't want to play. My friend lent it to me on 360. He okay. gave me he gave me this one and Red Dead Redemption. I played Red Dead Redemption because I was like, okay, cool. I knew what that was about. But he gave me this one and I played it afterwards and I was instantly hooked and it started my obsession with the Dark Knight. It's Batman. <laughs> Arkham. Well, I'm gonna go so Arkham Asylum is the one that got me going, but right. also Arkham City is what kept me coming back. So Arkham City is probably one of the greatest games i've ever played it's definitely it's definitely influential on the combat of many different games it's a solid title i've never finished it but i've seen you play it quite a bit and i played it myself it's a good game yeah it's like the first one is just a polished version of arkham asylum but it's got more open world elements to it you can do it more exploring there's a lot more you can have fun with and more optional things um Arkham Knight is actually my favorite story-wise, but this one is game-wise. It's it's way more fun. It's not so big. It's not so overwhelming. It's just right. There's so many cool characters. The voice acting is insane. You've got Mark Hamill as the Joker. You yeah, have iconic, Kevin right? Conroy. Yeah, exactly. And Kevin Conroy as Batman, and that's the two, like the two things that make it what it is. Yeah. So. That alone is worth playing. If you know, if you grew up watching the cartoon, like the Batman Superman adventures, this is something you should play. The combat, if you play it on normal, it's it's fair. It's not that hard. It's not a button masher for anybody who hasn't played it. You didn't, it's not like God of War where you can just mash the buttons as much as you want and basically get out alive. This one is just timing. It's punch, block, stun, and jump essentially. And that's the combat and most of it's automated. So you just punch, 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 block when you need to block. Otherwise you get hit. And if you just try to button mash and just go punch, 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 like you wouldn't got a war, you're going to die pretty quick. But when you actually start doing the combos and hitting a counter attack and stuff like that, it gets really satisfying. It makes you feel like a badass. And you have so to use just, the right attack for the right enemy too, if I remember correct. Like some right. I can't remember the combos, but some with weapons you have to use like the stun attack or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So there's different mechanics for different enemies. Most of them you you can just beat the crap out of. Um so there's guys with like stun batons, you have to basically get behind them. There's guys with like a riot shield kind of deal. You have to Swipe them with your cape to stun them, and then you jump up on them and basically come back down on them with like from above. Yeah. Uh, there's other. It's just you can use your gadgets. You can use batarangs. You can use the grappling hook. You can use all these things in the middle of a fight to just do it. There's actually an achievement that I've never gotten in any of the games because it's a matter of using all your quick time gadgets, which is usually like eight <laughs> by the time you get them all if right. not more. 
and you need to use them all. So like, uh, in one combo, in one fight. <laughs> okay. So not not missing a hit, not getting hit, and using everything. So instead of just like going from punch, counterattack, or block, whatever you want to call it, and like the swipe, like the stunning with the cape and jumping away, all of a sudden you have to go left one, left one to throw a batarang, or hold left one and triangle to throw the grappling hook and haul them towards you, or double tap R2 to throw something at them to stun them. So it's just ridiculous what you can do in this game. And I'm, I don't want to watch like pros playing this and like just doing all these crazy things because I don't want to feel bad about myself. (laughs) (laughs) This game makes you feel like a badass, and I just do not want to have that bar raised on me. The animations in it is what really sold it for me in the combat because you don't have to, like it's a controller game and this is one of the first controller games I started playing on my PC. And mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about the precision of a mouse to play games when it's Batman, because just being in the general direction of an enemy, when you throw that attack, you kind of, the game conforms to what you want to do in combat. Exactly. And it's just yeah. a button timing game and like influential. Like there was a good six, seven years, I think where every review of any other third person type game, they're like, Oh yeah, it has the Batman combat. And that, and that goes back to Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, where it was so influential on third-person uh, action games with combat using the different attacks like that. Although Batman, I think, always did it far better than like yeah. Assassin's Creed and all them other ones. Just the, the right. gadgets and, and the gameplay was a lot more tighter. Um, it's a really great series. I've only played the first two myself. They're great. Like, I people complain about Origins. Origins is a prequel, so it... Their order of release was Arkham Asylum, and that just went off the charts. People loved it. Arkham City came out, which is probably touted as the best of all of them. And then they had a prequel for it, which is, you know, you're basically just become Batman. Uh, Enemies and, and, like, criminals have an idea of who he is, but they're more like... Oh, it's that bat guy. I heard of him, you know, and the next thing you know, you're kicking the shit out of him. <laughs> but uh, that one was being made just to keep people sated while they were working on Arkham Knight because Arkham Knight right. was coming out on PS4. And uh, yeah, so they were basically in Xbox One. So it was the next gen one. So they had that. They had a different team working on Origins. It's not as good. But it's still pretty damn good, I gotta say. They don't have Mark Hamill or Kevin Conroy in that one, but the voice acting is not subpar, I gotta say. And it kind of works, too, because they don't have Kevin Conroy for Batman, but he's barely Batman at this point. Like, he's just become Batman, so it's a young one. He's got, got like, stubble on his face. You know, he's just (laughs) kind of utilitarian more than, you know, perfect, yeah, perfect human specimen that he is in the other games. So it's kind of cool that the, it, it works for it. It works in its favor, but uh, yeah. So Arkham city is the one we want to focus on here because that one's, it's just so good. All the main characters in Batman's rogue gallery are there and penguin. You, he doesn't fight very well, you know? So he, he relies on guns and his goons. Um, so his Riddler character design this, though, if I remember right, isn't it like a it's a broken 
Coke bottle for the monocle, I think. He, he's got, yeah, he's got a beer bottle lodged into his eye socket. Yeah. And that instead, instead of a monocle, and it's that actually amazing character design. Like yeah. it's a dark tone for sure. Cause I, I grew up on the cartoon Batman, mm-hmm. which is not that, but I really love what they do with the character designs, especially the bad guys. Yeah. They just nailed it. Like they have the Riddler is, you know, he's less, it's not Jim Carrey campy. He's just <laughs> kind of like this. Um, they all have this kind of uh, narcissistic, egomaniacal kind of thing going to him. But it, like, he's kind of like this social outcast, you know, who thinks he's smarter than everybody else and he just wants to prove it. So, he, you know, he's just like that guy that's in the basement tinkering with stuff just to try to fuck with Batman or anybody else, you know, that just, just to prove a point. Then you have um, like Two Face. Two Face is in there, and he's he's not even like just arguing with Batman. Like he he doesn't get along with Catwoman. He doesn't get along with uh, Penguin and stuff. They all have these kind of um, what would you call it? Like truces, essentially. They all work with each other differently, and the way it works, it's just like there's this whole world within it, and and it. And you don't have to be a huge comic book fan to to understand it all because the way the game is, the way the story is told, and all the extra stuff that you can read, like in menus as unlockables and stuff, it fills in all the blanks for you. So right. you, you feel you feel like you know everything you need to know. There's you're not questioning stuff, and that's part of what makes this game so good. I mean, the gameplay itself is just amazing, but. Other than that, like the way the story's put together, the way it ties into the DC universe, it's like I can't say how I would improve it. Yeah, I like that because for a game like this, it's a gritty take on Batman. There's just enough realism to sell it, right? Like you just said, the, right. the bad guys are all narcissistic. They're obviously egomaniacs. I mean, you'd have to be to be the type of bad guy who dresses up in tights in the morning, right? Like, yeah. you need something to tie them super, together. Like and the loose alliances and stuff, right? Makes sense when they're all have their own egos to satisfy. So it makes yeah. sense, and it feels really well done. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I. It's probably one that I would put to, for anybody to play, whether you're a fan of action games or not. It's just, it's that good. So And for a game from the 360 era, I mean which is still fine. But even today, graphics hold up, man. That game still looks yeah, great, they, especially Arkham yeah, City. Yeah, it exactly, yeah. It's it's aged better than most games. Like newer games don't look as good as this. So Yeah, yeah it's like again, I could talk about that one for an entire episode too. So, I mean, any of these games are really good. So, we'll probably go on to another one here. Uh this one took me by surprise. We'll go on to my fourth game here. For the quick recap, we got World of Warcraft, The Guilty Pleasure, uh, Breath of Fire, which is, you know, the black sheep almost for me. Then Batman, Arkham City, you know, part of my uh, my obsession with Batman. And then now I have one that took me by surprise. I didn't realize how much I would love this game. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. See, this Talked one's surprising for you because that game's good. <laughs> It was surprising for me because I never knew about it. I never had any magazines. I never heard of it until I played it. And it was probably out for about a year and a half, maybe two years by the time I actually played it. Okay. And I went to like the video store, the one that was like three minutes away. And 
I was looking through it and it was basically a little shack. It was like a hallway sized shop that some dude built on the side of his house. So it was basically just an extension of his house, one wall with all the stuff uh, for all the movies and stuff. And then like junk food, all the chips, popcorn, all that stuff. And since he had all the movies were the main thing and games weren't, you know, the main draw for the video store rentals, he had, instead of having all the carts up there, like you'd have, or the boxes like you would in blockbuster or anything like that. Right. He had a book, just like a duo tang from, (laughs) from a, like from elementary school. And it was just filled with pages where he'd either cut out, the covers to the manuals or he'd like uh, take clippings from a magazine review or something like that. So you could have a screenshot of it and he just added those in. And so you just flick through the book and give him the number that was for the game. So it was like, you know, like 117 or 226, stuff like that. And so I just was flicking through and I was like, I want to play something on PlayStation. And this is two that this is probably 90, Eight ninety nine, maybe I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm gonna say so. ninety nine. After Final Fantasy seven, I think for sure. But again, I think yeah. much like oh, you, yeah. I also played it. I think way after it came out. Yeah, so I didn't even know, and I was just like, "Hey, this." I just and he. I remember because it stood out because it was the manual. He just cut the cover off the manual and stuck that in there, so you couldn't see any. I didn't know that it was Alucard. I thought it was you know you can be. I was like, oh, I hope it's Simon this time because Simon was my favorite. And uh, so I played it and I brought it home and immediately it was just like, this is cool. You run in, Alucard's just running through the forest like super speed and barely makes it in through the moat, you know, and then you finally take control of him. And I was like, this is, wow, like that caught my, caught my attention. And then you run over a couple of screens over and you see death. And I'm like, oh shit, because death's <laughs> always like the second last boss in a Castlevania game. So I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And what happens? He starts talking. I was like, what the fuck? So dialogue in a Castlevania game. I'm like, that's that's cool. Voice acting, too. I was like, uh, okay. Like, in and hindsight, it's like, cheesy voice acting. <laughs> but at the time, oh, yeah, yeah, still yeah. really cool. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, this is where voice acting was started. This is the era where it was just becoming new. So... It was, let's get somebody to say these lines. We don't hire professional voice actors. We hire somebody who's probably already working on the game or somebody, a friend of a friend kind of thing. You know, it's it's a nobody kind of deal. And the fact that you start, like, even before you control Alucard, it was the end of Dracula X. Yeah. Of Rondo of Blood. Yeah. So you get to play through that and they make it easy enough so you can just fly through it. So you you beat the game and you're like, oh man, that was awesome. I feel strong. And then you start over as Alucard. And again, all of a sudden you're, you're this badass. all your stuff gets stolen and you're like, what the, (laughs) so, you know, it's the fact that you can go back and forth in this one. And it's not just straightforward left to right. Like in the rest of the games, it was just, mind-blowing to me the music was good i mean this is cd quality music all of a sudden not midi you have these orchestrated things this is one of the first times i ever played a game where there's an actual electric guitar like they have somebody playing a guitar in there instead of just you know having a guitar kind of sound font in a media in like a chip tune so it was just so cool in every way I, i it just 
it started this uh like fanboy thing for me for the whole series i wanted to go back they had all these references to the old games but it fleshed it out in a way that it was like oh okay cool like it's not just the belmonts why oh why am i this guy and so it filled in some blanks that needed to be filled in and Castlevania's, let's just put it this way, it's always been a mess when it comes to the timeline. Oh, yeah. When it's like Zelda it's, in that regard, right? None of it makes sense. Yeah. None of it. <laughs> yeah. I think, but I mean, at this point, aren't like all the Zeldas basically supposed to be their own like interpretation, like their own separate universes? Like the Zelda, like Zelda and Link in Ocarina of Time are not the same ones as in like Link to the Past or Link's Awakening and stuff. Yeah, like the problem is Nintendo's retconned it themselves, I think, several times. So it's like Final Fantasy, honestly. You got to treat each game as it's, like you said, a reimagining of the world and just take it for what it is, right? Right, yeah. So they were trying to build... They weren't doing that with this. They were building on the lower of it. And there's been enough screws screw-ups along the way that this already did need a retcon poorly. Like they really did it. They tried to do a retcon. That's what Lords of Shadow was, and that failed miserably. But uh, we won't talk about that. No. <laughs> like as much as I can appreciate the, you know, the NES Castlevania games, I never could get into them. But when I first played Symphony of the Night, the first thing that, that kind of struck out is the loading areas between levels, and it just like this is Super Metroid. This is totally Super right. Metroid. Go between zones. There's that tunnel. Yes. And then the items and the power ups. It's I like it maybe you know I might say I almost like it better better than Super Metroid just for the, the sheer amount do. of items in the game like it's yeah deep I like what I think what appeals to me in this one is more of the story too like I something that blows my mind about Super Metroid is how much uh how much story is told without any words yeah. like they they tell you a story through the experience you go through this you go through that you fight Kraid you fight Dragon you fight all these ones nothing gets said except for you know escape the planet kind of thing last Metroid is in captivity the galaxy is at peace you go back you know so that's most of it there but this one as cheesy as it was with the shitty voice acting it's just it's like you know watching a horror movie in the campiness of yeah, exactly. like Army of Darkness or Evil Dead. You know, it's part of the appeal and that's part of the charm, and that's what it is for me. So, I mean, look how many people got pissed when uh, they re-released the game for was it PS4? Yeah, they the changed collection. the script and the acting. Which yeah, why would you do that? Like yeah, for this so, game? Yeah, so I mean, like that just shows like it's. It's iconic. You know, it's become a classic. And for a good reason, it's started its own genre. Yeah. I mean, Metroid and Metroid and Castlevania. So you have a, you know, Metroidvania. And this is the original Metroidvania, really. And it's it spawned an entire genre of Castlevania games. People always will fight over what's better, the Nintendo retro ones or the Metroidvanias. And people like... I like this one. No, I like this one. And a lot of the time, there's no in-between. It's like you hate one and you love the other. I, I like them both equally. I can't choose. But this one, this is the best of them. Like, I, I'll I'll take the ones that came out afterwards because they were fun. But this is the one that got it right 100% of the way. It wasn't just a cash grab. They they went for something and, and they succeeded. What was your favorite weapon in the game? Because there's a lot of weapon types in Symphony oh, of the Night. Man. You know what? I really liked 
one of the daggers that you get in the game because you could attack so fast with it and you get next to no range out of it like it's slightly better than like using the the brass knuckles where you just punch right but it was just something fun about it the fact that i'd just run up to something and i'd duck and just start stabbing stuff in the legs (laughs) by the time by the time they came close enough to hit me i usually had them killed because it was that i think for me it was um I think it's in this, the inverted castle, and it was the Sword of Dawn, I want to say. It was the two-handed sword that would you could summon skeletons with it, which I thought was just really hilarious. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, there's just so really many cool. great great weapons in that game. Yeah, I remember, like, there's this way-hander and, you know, the two-handed sword, and one that would... Sw- I think it was this way-hander that you it would swing out in an arc, like you basically throw it into this arc, and it would come back to you. Oh, really? So like come okay. half, yeah, so it would go halfway across the screen. And for some reason, it would say verboten when <laughs> it would go like you'd see the words in like the uh, like the after image of the uh, the animation, which just is German for forbidden. Right. And I don't know what that was. I never did look that up. But yeah, it's <laughs> just these little things that they did. I remember just watching interviews with um, Igarashi. Right. And. Because he was the director, and like he basically just did some of the coding, but he was more giving free reign to the team because they were just like, "I want to try this, I want to try that." So there's these tiny little details, and they just most of them don't match up with anything. But because it's Castlevania, and I mean, you play the original Castlevania, it's like you know, Universal Studios made a game. Because you're fighting Frankenstein's monster, you're fighting Dracula, you're fighting Medusa. All these characters, you know, they just mashed up. And they did it in a way in this one that somehow feels like it's meant to be in this universe. So It's definitely the details. Like, I, I remember the shield rod, which seems like comical that <laughs> Alucard's going to use a rod. But you tie it with the various shields, which, which there's more than a few. And they all have a special effect. Like, who does? Yep. nobody does that nowadays. Right, such a wide assortment of weapons and one particular weapon that you could easily miss has such unique yeah. mechanics with other items in the game like it's really well yeah. done it's, it's fun yeah it's just there's so many little things that add up and that's what's what really cool about it. it's not i don't love it because of the cheesy voice acting that's just one of the reasons i do enjoy it but these little details is one of those things where it made me want to go up and look on fan sites and read all about it. So I remember going on the Castlevania dungeon, it was called, and it was just this fan site made by one guy. And he just had anything that referenced anything in a game. He had like timelines in there and showed the inconsistencies and how this wouldn't work. And the different, uh, like the ancestry of the entire Belmont clan and how the, how they all worked, who was whose parent and stuff like that. It, it was just something I could get lost in. And it was basically like going down a wiki rabbit hole after you play a game. That's, that's what I was doing back then before that's something people really commonly did. Right. Yeah. It's solid, solid, solid game. Really a solid game. Yeah. Like when I think PlayStation, I mean, that's the first game I think that comes to mind most often as one I want to play, right? Uh, yeah. Final Seven, it's like I like that game, but if I'm if I'm installing an emulator on a new device and it's, I have to check out PSX, it's Castlevania is the first one I, I go to. Yeah, and it's probably one of the best selling ones. It's probably the one of the most common ones. If you look it up like a, on emulator sites and stuff, they're always the first. That's always the first one. So right. 
And when it beats out Final Fantasy VII, which is, you know, one of the biggest selling games of all times and the most number of spinoffs and biggest franchise of video games, it's like, it's, it's pretty insane to think about it, that this one game stands above all that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean these are these are easy choices for me. I mean Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I don't. I haven't met anyone who doesn't like it unless they just really like the other Castlevanias more. You know, Arkham City is like a, in my in my eyes a perfect game. You know, most people that I've played will agree with me. You know, uh, Breath of Fire is kind of a personal thing. People don't, you know, either never played it or just it kind of passed over them and world of warcraft you know i'm not the only person that got you know addicted to that you know again blizzard knows what they're doing but uh the last one on my list here is one that it is just kind of like a a rite of passage for me and i still love it i haven't played the original here in years they've already made a remake for it but okay which i also love not what i thought it but, is uh, <laughs> okay well, what did you think it was going to be i swear you're going to say like final fantasy 4 <laughs> see final fantasy 4 is one of my favorite games of all time but i've talked about that i've beaten that dead horse too many times i didn't want to give people that i wanted to give something else so this is <laughs> this is one that i'm going to go with it, again this is right of passage for me i was like 14 maybe 15 something i'd say 14 is resident evil 2 for playstation 1 okay interesting choice so the reason for this is what makes it a rite of passage for me is that I was a terrified kid. I was really sheltered. My parents, like, you know, one step away from a bubble because I was just spoiled rotten, you know? Right. <laughs> and so I remember my brother renting Resident Evil 1, and we borrowed, I don't know if we rented the PlayStation or we borrowed it from somebody, but we had a PlayStation. I remember playing Ballerina Toshin Den. So proud of myself. My brother came back with Resident Evil 1. Uh, we got to try this. I heard this amazing. And we tried it, and I saw the first zombie, you know, the one that's chewing on Buddy's neck. <laughs> yeah. And then you you get that you get that cutscene where he looks back at you, and then he starts coming after you. And, and I was like, oh shit! And I was like, I'm not into horror movies. I was scared of horror movies. I remember my brother trying to show me Return of the Jedi for the first time. I thought it was a horror movie. I was scared to watch it until we got <laughs> watched it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, so I was really just scared of anything that was kind of spooky if it wasn't like on YTV, <laughs> you know, that was my limit. Are you afraid of the dark kind of stuff? That's right. that's the kind of things I was watching, Goosebumps. And so this terrified me. I was like 12 years old and I had to sleep with my parents for a year. <laughs> it was shit fucking scared of this and it's priceless like i remember wanting to sleep on a certain side of the bed as a kid because i was like there's more people on this side of the town than there is on that side of the town so i don't want to be on the emptier side because i <laughs> want like more people between me and the zombies i was like i like somehow thought that this could actually happen kind of deal like it was just stupid <laughs> there are legit jump scares in that game like the, it, there's some good parts oh, yeah. that game that got me when i first played it it's it's good too oh, I was, well just the first zombie like i never saw very far past that to be honest i saw uh, like a couple of the huge spiders and the zombies and like the blood spraying out like a geyser when you get bit and that was just enough for me that i was just like as soon as it got dark that night i was terrified <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I was like, I swore off PlayStation. I was strictly N64 playing Goldeneye. I 
anything on 64 was safe. I wouldn't touch PlayStation because it had Resident Evil on it. I hated it. <laughs> and uh, my friend was trying to tell me about it one time, and I was like, I was asking him, but I was scared. I didn't want to see it. And my brother ended up borrowing a PlayStation from his friend and playing Resident Evil 2 because he wanted to play it. But he had to play it in his room because I wanted to be able to watch TV and I didn't want to get scared because I knew I'd be stupid and watch. <laughs> so I was, I was asking my friends like step by step, like they were telling me about the zombies and they were telling me about the liquor, like the liquor scene when you see the first liquor in Resident Evil two. And I, somebody had like step by step, they explained how the game went to me. And I was like, I, I could have recited it to you. I, I had so many questions, but I still wouldn't watch it. And I remember finally walking in and I remember seeing my brother playing it. And I know what party he was in now. I didn't know it at the time, but he was in talking to the journalist guy who was locked up in the in the jail cell. Right. You know, and, and uh, I said, okay. And I saw a single zombie and I ran out of the room. I remember that. <laughs> and I, I ran back upstairs and I was like, I saw a zombie. I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm like, I'm okay. Like it was just like a knee jerk reaction. I ran upstairs and I was like, I kind of want to see more. <laughs> and the next day, like my friends were like, you know, that wasn't the scariest liquor scare. Liquors are way scarier than the zombies. So by the end of it, like after a day or two, I had another brave spurt and I finally started watching my brother play a little bit more, maybe like two minutes. Okay. The next day, I started it up and started playing it myself and I was shit faced scared. I was like, this is like, I was, didn't know I was walking into zombies and shooting everything. I was like, Oh my God. But it was like, Hey, this isn't scary. This is fun. You know? And I finally caught that, that, uh, it's like the roller coaster effect, you know, it's terrifying, but it's, that's what makes it fun. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I'm not scared of this shit anymore. So after that, this is where that rite of passage came into me and this is what it means for me. So it's like a deep thing for me because suddenly I was like, I'm not scared of this shit anymore. I can play this. And I wanted, I went back and played the first one and then I went and played like Dino crisis and silent Hill. And I started playing any video game, like horror game that you could get your hands on. And then I started watching horror movies. I was like, okay, I finally watched Friday the 13th movies, you know, all of them. And then Nightmare on Elm Street, everything I could get my hands on, any low quality B movie. <laughs> and trust me, the stuff that the video store that my brother worked at, the one that I went to all the time, they had stuff that would put Netflix to shame when it came to like shitty, like horror movie, B movies. Oh yeah, They just had everything. It was insane. And I couldn't get enough of it. And this was all because of Resident Evil 2. And I finally just nutted up and got it. And I was like so proud of myself. So this, like, I, I knew that game inside out. I got up to the, uh, unlock Tofu. I started playing it and getting like the perfect endings or like the perfect ending or uh, ratings and all that. So it was just something I knew inside out. I had one of those Brady guides for it. And I found like two or three <laughs> items in the game that weren't even listed in the Brady guide. That's how much I was playing it. Okay. So it's just. I remember those stupid guides too. Because my uncle yeah. <laughs> was a PlayStation owner and he bought all these travel games and he always got the guide. Always. No matter how yeah. useless it was. Because <laughs> yeah. they were often written before the game was out, right? So they got a beta right. part of the game. That's hilarious. The Brady guide. I forgot about them. Oh, man. Well, I remember too because we traded. Um, we had Resident Evil 2 we borrowed from a friend. 
my brother's like coworker at the video store and he had the guide and the game. So we had the game and the guide, not the greatest hits, but like the old fashioned black label one. Right. I didn't even know that was a thing back then. And so he had her copy of Goldeneye, which I never did get back. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't care because by then I was just hooked. So it was just, that's it. Like a whole new world for me. Have you played the remake of that or no? Yeah, that was my game of the year there for... Right. Not this year, but last year. Right, my yeah. memory sucks. <laughs> but that was the thing. Like, I, I didn't go... I went in there completely blind. I said at least a dozen friends on Twitch playing it. And I, I couldn't even... I wouldn't even go in and say hi. I was like, I can't do it. I remember telling them on Discord. I said, sorry, man, I saw you playing it. I want to go in 100% blind. And they are like, oh, no, that's cool, that's cool. And so I finally got it just before Christmas, I remember, because it was like 50% off. So I finally got it for like 25, 30 bucks. I had it beaten in two days, and then I played through it again. I was just instantly like, this is... They had it nailed. It was perfect. Yeah, it sold <laughs> like it amazingly just... well. And it was like... It was the thing for a couple months on yeah. Twitch. It was a very popular game. And it shows you what a, a touchstone it was for that generation of gamers who had the PlayStation... And like I said before in, on past episodes, early PS graphics were not that great. But Resident Evil 2 with the pre-rendered backgrounds, it just looked great, right? And it yeah, just looked it was, good. It's like, you know, you look at Final Fantasy 7 and how yeah. poorly that's aged. But this one, it looked cool. Like it goes back and you can see it's like, oh, shit. Okay, you can see where the sprites are here and here's the backgrounds. But it just, it was satisfying because it looked like realistic enough that you could picture it and pretend that it's real. Like, you know, like they might as well have been just photography, yeah. you know? So that, that's what it felt like as a kid. So the only thing I didn't like about Resident Evil two was the ink ribbons for the typewriters, the safe system. I hate, <laughs> even though I know they give you enough of them and I never had an issue with it playing any of those games, but in the back just of my mind, carry around. That I couldn't save scum <laughs> as much as I wanted. Yeah. Drove me nuts. Yeah. And the thing, it was just a pain in the ass to actually, you'd have to go, I mean, most of the time there was always a box next but next to them that they're all connected so you could grab yeah. one. But it was always just a piss off because it's like, I want every bit of space I can for ammo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah that you was a game where if you up. didn't have ammo, you're screwed. So you were constantly yeah. worried you're going to run out of bullets and you would use other weapons just to use up the ammo and save the good stuff for later. Exactly. Yeah. So it was... Yeah, I can I can see why you'd hate the ink ribbons there. It, it was just enough that I was like, uh, okay. But yeah, man, that's that's the top five. If you ask me again tomorrow, I'll probably have a different list for you. I'm not gonna lie. Final Fan, it'll be like Final Fantasy four, Silent Hill four, or Silent Hill two, or is it's just again, it's Friday night. It's ten fifty six my time as we record this, and these are the top five for me right now. That's the thing, right? Like favorite game lists change. Mine's the same way too, where it's just like this month it's it's XYZ. Next month I'll remember another game I played that I forgot all about and I just remember how much I love it. And just, you know, that's lists are meant to be fluid and that's perfectly fine. Right. I'm just shocked yeah. there's no Final Fantasy on there though. I could have sworn <laughs> four or six would have been on that list. You know what? They will be. <laughs> we'll do this again <laughs> some other time, and I'll talk about them. But yeah. I've talked about Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Four enough on this podcast that I, I just I feel like the listeners deserve something different. 
No, that's cool. Most of the, most of the things that I've said about Final Fantasy IV that I love about it, I've already said. So it's just I don't want to beat that horse. I could talk about six. I could talk about, it, but I, I thought this was this was a good place to go. It just felt right. All right. So thanks for uh, asking me to do this, Jake. No, like you said earlier, like these lists are very personal, and I think it's really interesting to see how. I mean, look, four white guys on a podcast. We we know <laughs> three of us are even bald. <laughs> three of us are even bald for fuck's sakes. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but our our game our taste in games are actually quite varied when you break it down. And like your list is quite a bit different than mine. And I'm interested to see in uh, Wolf's and GP's lists in the future. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, so everybody, thank you again for listening. If anybody wants to join in on the conversation, please check us out. You can join us on our Discord. If you want to find it, the easy way to do it is go bit.ly slash press B to cancel. That'll join that'll help you join the Discord. And if you really want to support us and go the extra mile, you can also join our Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash press B to cancel. Let's pay whatever you want, and we have a monthly episode where we just talk about movies like movie commentary style so check it out sometime maybe we'll throw some more on there but in the meantime that's what we're doing so everybody thank you so much before we go and if the other way you can support us just you know hit that subscribe button on uh, apple uh, Podcasts or google Podcasts. the subscription it's free on those podcast apps and it actually does matter <laughs> so and it helps with what we're some of the planning we're doing so if you haven't already I know many of you have, but uh, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. It does help us out a lot. And it's free. Also, you can leave reviews if there's a, I know, Apple for iTunes, iPod stuff, iPad stuff, whatever it is, the Apple stuff. If you can leave a review, that's great. Any way to support us like that, these little, the clicks and likes and stuff, they really do add up. So thank you. So let's do this. All right. We're going to have to rope Werewolf or GP into the next one. Yeah, for sure we have to. Yeah. Although GP's list is going to be Mega Man 1 through 4, I'm sure. <laughs> Mega Man 1 through 4 and Contra. Yeah. <laughs> Calling it no. now. <laughs> no. Mega Man 2, 3, 4, Contra, and Final Fantasy 4. Boom. Yeah. That's what I'm going. I'm calling it now. We got to write these predictions down. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Maybe I should beep this out. So if he listens to this episode, he won't. he won't go spiteful and be like no i knew you were gonna say that so because <laughs> he's done that to us goddamn ninja turtles <laughs> tell me all right all right thanks again jake thanks everybody see ya special thanks for music go to arthur the last ancient on spotify or the last ancient on Bandcamp. for more episodes please visit our website pressbtocancel.com and also, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to cancel. <laughs> <laughs>